0: Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, download the Overflow Church app or visit our website at overflowdfw.com. Blazing fire in the middle of a bush, and Moses stared at amazement. I mean, wouldn't you? You're like, it's on fire, but it's not disappearing. It's not being consumed. It's burning. This bush is burning, but it's just burning and burning and burning and burning, but it's not burning anything up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself, self, why is it the bush burning up? I must go and see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Yeah, right here. (laughs) Now it becomes the singing bush or the talking bush. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your shoes, your sandals." For you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I had the same heart, Moses, that you had that day whenever they were beating your people. I felt like you felt in that moment. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse nine, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh, the same guy that tried to kill him. You must lead my people out of Egypt. See, God is calling. Just like Moses was calling, God was calling Moses that day, God is calling us. And I love this story because I think that it it sets a a pattern of how God calls us. The first thing that the way that God calls us is God calls us in. God calls us into relationship. Did you know that when you came to Jesus, it wasn't your idea? It was God's idea. I know you think that you had that idea, but God put that idea inside of you. See, Moses sees this burning fire and he goes, wow, that's amazing. I mean, it's burning, but it's not burning up. And that's what drew him in. John six forty four says this. No one can come to me, Jesus speaking. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Did you know that you didn't come to Jesus because you were so brilliant? because you understood that God had a wonderful plan for your life or you were going to be saved from the clinches of hell. No, you came to Jesus because Jesus sent his Holy Spirit and drew you. That word in the Greek, check this out. I just discovered this this week. That word in the Greek is helkuo. Helkuo. Everybody say helkuo. Helkuo. And that word actually means to drag. To drag. Literally and figuratively. That word means to drag. So when Jesus said the father draws you, actually what he is saying is no one comes to the father unless the father drags him. That's good. How many of you were dragged into the kingdom? Yeah. How many of y'all were dragged to church when you were young? Yeah. How many are glad that that happened? Yeah. Listen, your kids may kick and scream, you drag them. That's right. yeah. Whatever it takes to get them. You don't, you'll drag them to school when they need to be at school. Come, Come on. You drag them to soccer practice, but I'm going to let them make their own spiritual decisions. That's a bad idea. The thing about being dragged is that you can respond to it or resist it, but the tension of that process is up to you. By that, I mean this. If I come over here, trying to find somebody that won't hurt, that won't hurt. Come here, Emlyn. (laughs) Emlyn's nice and sturdy. So Emlyn, come here. Come, Come with me. How many of you know that's a pretty easy drag? Now, now, pull up some resistance towards me. Not too much. Don't gonna... <laughs> so make me look bad. All right, all right pull, pull a little resistance. So it's the drag, the tension. The tension is up to the one being dragged. Are you with me? Thank you, Emily. So, so some of you... Have you been resisting the Lord's drag on your life, on your heart? So we say, oh man, God, some of us have a, have a salvation experience where it's just like, man, it was like, it was hard in the Lord. Why? Well, because you were resisting. But what the Lord really wants to do is he wants to woo you with his heart. And this, I think the Holy Spirit just wants to come on in, come on in. So sometimes we're dragged. Because we're enticed by the Lord and we're drawn to Him, we see Him so you know beautiful, and we get that revelation of God's love. We're just like, oh yeah, it's not a drag at all. But some of us, the dragging is a drag because we resist. The wooing of God is a drag if you fight it. So don't fight it. Listen, when God's leading you, when God's dragging you, when God's calling you, don't resist the drag. Don't let the drag become a drag. Yeah. Give in to the drag so it feels like a draw. That's good. Come on. Because listen, God knows how to get you where you need to be. Right. How resistance we, resistant we are to that will dictate how difficult the process is going to be. That's good. So don't sit here and go, oh, God has just put me through this difficulty. How surrendered and how yielded are you to the drag? That's good. And listen, he's not just dragging us into rightness with God. He is. He's also dragging us into intimacy. Now, I know that we don't like to use that word because we like, it, we like to make it think that, that it's our idea. But, but it, is a, it is a dragging. It is a, an intense drawing. But God didn't just call you into righteousness. He didn't just call you in to be a, a son and a daughter of the kingdom. And, and just so you can sit around and go, oh, yeah, I'm a child of God. And, you know, God loves me and, and I'm, I'm saved now. No, no, no. He, he, he drags you into Intimacy. Some of us think that God picked us because he has a purpose, and he does have a purpose, but that's not the only reason why he picked you. He actually picked you not just to do his work on the earth, not just to use you, which we want that, but God didn't just pick you to use you. He picked you to be with you. You know, it says this in Mark chapter three, verse 14, it says, Jesus appointed 12 that they might be with him. He picked these 12 guys to be with him to hang out with him, to spend time with him, to eat with him, to fellowship, to have community with him, and that he might send them out to preach. That's good. So the, the first drawing of God is righteousness, but then he's drawing us into relationship. Because we're like, we're going to the Lord, we're like, okay, what's the plan, God? What's the plan? What's the plan? He's like, this is the plan right here. Yeah. That's good. Get off your device. Let's just hang out. Yeah. This is the plan. Well, what's the agenda? What are we going to do? We're just... We're just going to hang out. That's good. That's good. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> right? That's me. I'm like, okay, God, what's next? Just this. This is what's next. That's good. Are you with me? Yeah. So God calls us in to relationship. Number two, God calls us up. You know, it's interesting. By up, we're talking about consecration, we're talking about. I'm going to use this word holiness. Ooh. We don't like that word because we think it looks like hair buns <laughs> and long dresses. That has zero to do with holiness. Holiness means consecration. Holiness means that you are set apart for a purpose. So your God calls you into intimacy, and He goes, and I'm saving them. I'm setting them aside for purpose, consecration. So when God comes to Moses, He says, "Listen." Take off your shoes. That's it. far enough. Lest you forget who I am, that is far enough. This is holy ground. Get your shoes off. Why? Why would God say don't come? I thought, I thought Jesus was the father. He does. But listen, the old covenant says you can't come any closer because of your sin. And Moses had sin. Come on. Let's see, kill again. Pretty pretty intense on the level there. The old covenant says, you can't come any closer because of your sin. The new covenant says, you must come closer because of Christ's love. So God, under the new covenant says, come in closer. Take off your shoes, but come in closer. But a lot of times, we forget the take off your shoes part. No, oh, God's just my bro. We're just, he's not, he, he's not your bro. I mean, you are seated in heavenly places, but he is God yeah. and he is calling for holiness. He is calling for reverence. He is calling for a consecrated life for you to recognize, man, he is God and I am in all. Listen, if, if you're just treating God like he's just kind of a, a, a normal thing, then you need a greater revelation of the father. He is holy. And we're, listen, we are righteous. We get to go. I love Hebrews 4, 16, where it says, we approach the throne of grace boldly, but it is his throne and he is God. And let us not forget, especially in regard to our behavior, especially in regard to the lives that we live, the lifestyle that we live. What does your lifestyle look like? Does your lifestyle look like you're set apart for God's purposes? Or is your lifestyle look like you're set apart for your pleasure? Are you set apart for your pleasure, for your experience, your rights, what you can enjoy? Or are you set apart for God so he can enjoy you, so he can love on you, so he can shine his light through you? How is your life set apart? Is it about you or is it about him? Take off your shoes. Some of you just, some of you, you want to get closer to God, but you're not willing to take your shoes off. You're not willing to clean up your act. Let's just be real. Oh man, I just, I want to get so close to Jesus. Well, you're going to need to, you're you're going to need to sweep some corners in your life because that's what he wants. He wants holiness. He wants devotion. So it's time that we quit uh, talking about the, the novelty of, oh, I just love Jesus, and Jesus just loves me. How about you start reflecting some of the holiness that God possesses? One of those holiness preachers. That's right. I hope so. I definitely don't want to be preaching a lifestyle that permits you to live in sin. Because you've been, been sinning without a license for a long time. I have too, but I don't ever want to feel okay with that. And I hope you never, none of us ever, if we call ourselves believers, never are okay and excuse the sin that we have. Right. Though we realize that even the smallest of things, we, we are called to abhor evil. First right. uh, Peter, check this out. I love this. Yellow rot? Yeah. Man. He's call, listen, he is calling you up. He is calling you to a higher level in your life, a life of holiness. He's calling you up. It's part of his call. Check this out. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully. Oh, this is good. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Christ Jesus is revealed. So set your hope fully on the grace. Yeah. We set our hope on the grace, what the accomplished work of Jesus, what he's done. As obedient children, now that you're a kid, don't conform any longer to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Remember when you were stupid? Yes, I I remember. Don't live like that anymore. Remember whenever you just did whatever you felt like doing? When you did just whatever made you happy? Whatever you could just excuse because God's okay with it? Remember when you lived like that? God didn't have a problem with it. Does he? Does he? Maybe he has a problem with your heart towards it. Right. Listen, we should be willing to give up anything in our lives if God said it. That's right. And never fight for our rights for anything because we belong to the Lord. We're consecrated. We're set apart. Yeah, is. Check this out. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So what he's basically saying here is just as God is holy, be holy like that. Now, that doesn't mean having a holier-than-thou attitude, right? right? Yeah. Well, I'm so holy. Well, you've just failed on the holiness thing by acting like that. Right. <laughs> so be holy in all you do. Be holy, for I am holy. What's the standard of holiness? God. Not super Christian, you know. Right. God is the standard. You know, uh, as a pastor, sometimes people are like, well, you know, you're a pastor. You don't do that kind of stuff. I'm like, like, I'm the standard. That's a very low standard. Let's just be real. You can ask Leslie, right? I'm a low standard. He's the standard of holiness. We must recognize his holiness and respond with holiness. So God's calling us in. God's calling us up in consecration. And number three, God calls us out. And this is the part that we like, right? Hopefully we like it all, except for the middle one. That one's hard. God calls us in. God calls us up. He sets us apart for a purpose. God calls us to an assignment. See, you have an assignment on your life. When God created you, he created you to do things that only you can do. Nobody else can do, I love this, nobody else can do what you're supposed to do. Right. I can't do it. Nobody can do it. Tom Brady can't do it. Right. <laughs> he can do anything. Did you that? Come back at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Superman can't do it. Right. Leslie Brown can't do it. I mean, she can do anything. She can't fulfill what you're supposed to fulfill. Only you can do that. Yeah. I can't do it. Your kids can't do it. Your spouse can't do it. Nobody else can do it. Only you can do what God's called you to do. That's right. Now, what happens here, this is crazy. So Moses was the one. He's the one that got picked. I mean, there was no getting around it. He, he's the one that God chose. And it's interesting. If you read the story, God almost kills Moses like later on in the chapter. I'll, I'll let you read that and sort that out now that I opened that can of worms. You can read that this week. What would have happened then? Well, people of Israel was still be in Egypt. Because only Moses could do what Moses was supposed to do. The thing that's interesting about Moses, God calling Moses to do this, is that there were a lot of tears. There were a lot of prayers. There was a lot of brokenness going on. People were crying out to God. So God says this when he says, I'm calling you to my people. I've heard their cries. I've heard what they're praying about. I've heard what they're craving for. I've heard the longing of the heart. So I'm sending you. Can I tell you today, by you fulfilling your calling in God, you are the answer to somebody else's prayer. Right. I love it that we get on Facebook and be like praying for you. That's awesome. Most of us, we're not praying for people. We just say that because it's the Christian thing to do or whatever. If you ever put that, you better make sure you do it right then because you might forget later. Let's just do that. All right, let's just be real with people and stop being so super spiritual and act like you're praying for somebody when you didn't. Well, your only prayer was topping that down. But listen, we are God's answer to the prayers of the world. Our world is broken. Our world is full of tears, full of prayers, full of needs. We are the answer to the world's prayers, just like Moses was. Oh, God, would you do something? God says, yeah, why don't you go ahead and put feet to your prayers? How about you stop praying about it, keep praying about it, but how about you you just not not just pray about, but how about you go do it? When we talk about our assignment, let let me kind of break this down for you real quick. There's what I like to call the universal calling, okay? That's probably the worst word in the world for it because some people are going to associate that with something weird. But there's a universal calling of God, okay? There's a thing that God has called all of us to do as followers of Christ. The first one is to love God, right. right? Love God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's called the great commandment, okay? None of us are exempt from that. We all are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. We're all called to that. None of us get to check out. None of our callings get to oppose that. All of our callings are to fulfill that. The, the other one is this. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 28, go into all the world, preach the gospel, spread the gospel of the kingdom, spread the gospel. None of us are exempt from that. I know you think that's the preacher's job. That's our job as believers, is to advance the gospel of the kingdom. It's the universal call of God, to love God, to love people, and to love people enough to give them the kingdom. None of us are exempt. So whatever God calls us to is a specific calling To connect with that calling and to fulfill that so you're this is the universal calling and god has called you to accomplish that through the things that only you can do y'all okay and we talked last week go back and listen to the podcast about the power of the holy spirit that's why we have the power of the holy spirit to fulfill god's mandate on the earth so hello reverend we're all called to ministry. We're all called to love God, love people, and spread the gospel of the kingdom. You're, you're in the ministry today. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you are in the ministry, the ministry of the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean necessarily you're a pastor, doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed to be a worship leader or anything like that. How many know that God needs ministers at Starbucks, God needs ministers at the insurance company, God needs ministers in the doctor's office, the doctors, God needs ministers everywhere, everybody that is in the kingdom, this is what the kingdom is. The kingdom is not inside the church, the church is inside the kingdom. We are all ministers of the kingdom. So everybody lift your hand and go, I'm reverend. I'm reverend. So you, you're, you're a reverend now, whatever that means, <laughs> or irreverent. <laughs> uh-huh. So hello, reverend. So how does your calling compliment? Because most of us want a calling that makes our life better. Right? Right? We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Listen, oftentimes we don't find a calling. The calling finds us. It's when we're grinding it out, shepherding sheep, running for our lives. Our calling finds us. See, God knew where to find Moses. God knows where to find you. He said, man, I, I can't fulfill my calling. I'm working at McDonald's. I can't fulfill my calling. I'm a stay-at-home mom. God knows how to find you. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself to find the calling of God. Let me take a little... These are for... You're already called. Come on. You are already called. Whether you've responded to that yet or not, or even know what that calling is, that's a different story. But here's four ways to recognize the calling of God on your life that's already there. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, it's there. How do you recognize it? Well, number one, these are four ways. Let's just help you out. Y'all okay with being practical? I know I preach real hard, but we want to get practical. Y'all okay with that? Number one, what do you think it is? You have the mind of Christ, right? right? You have the renewal of your mind, not the removal of your mind. What do you think it is? What do you think your calling is? I don't know. Well, think about it. What is the one thing with utmost certainty? Now, I don't say complete certainty. I, I can't tell you. There's not one time in my life that, that I've heard God and I was 100% sure that's what God said. I'm Never. But there are things utmost certainty that I've heard God say. And I go, I'm pretty sure God's called me to do this. And then it's confirmed later on, yeah, that was what God said. And I'm like, yes, I heard the Lord. I'm getting better at this. Can I just say this about hearing God? Stop putting so much pressure on yourself to hear from God. He knows how to find you. He knows how to get your attention. If he he wants to speak to you, he's big enough to do that. I'm just trying to hear the Lord. So I'm fasting and praying. Great. Moses wasn't searching for God to speak to him. He was out doing his thing. And God is like, hey, Moses. Oh, that's God. Yeah, he knew right where to find him. Just grinding out, grinding out. Um, And listen, when we talk about calling, don't confuse that with career. Let's just be real. I mean, I'm I'm a pastor. I'm... There's no such thing as part-time when you're in the ministry. There's just no such thing as that. There's vocational ministry, there's no such thing as part-time. But that's not where I make all my money. That's not really my, my career. I mean, it is, but I have like two careers, right? I have my, my design business that I do all that kind of stuff to make money so I can fulfill my calling. Right. So sometimes the job that you go to might not be your call, but it's funding your call. Right. And your call might be to be the light at the job that you're at right. and to reach the people you're at. It's not, you're not there to make a bunch of money and have big, nice, fancy house and cars. If all that comes sweet, God wants to bless you financially so you can be a blessing. I believe all that, but predominantly the reason why God has placed you where you're supposed to be is because God needs you there. So even if it's a job you hate, God needs you there. That will help you quit hating it. So what do you think it is? Number two, what's in your heart? You know, sometimes we don't get a burning bush. Sometimes we just get a burning heart. What burns in your heart? What keeps you up at night? What is the greatest need that you see? Oh, man, the greatest need in the world is homelessness. And that's all you can think about? Maybe that's your calling. Sometimes the need is the call. Come on. What annoys you? Your misery could be your ministry. Right. Mm-hmm. What are you like? Oh. I mean, for me, like one of my ministries is like helping churches with their graphics and stuff because I, I've been in the church world for a long time and it's like I see stuff and I'm like, oh Lord Jesus. <laughs> yep, they downloaded that clip art again. <laughs> They're using that font. Oh Lord Jesus, would you help them? <laughs> your, ministry, your misery is your ministry. So now i try to help people. I'm like, let me help you. Right. What's on your heart? If you ever say there should be a blank ministry, Jesus may be calling you. There should be a men's ministry. Well, y'all give it up for the new director of men's ministry. (laughs) Number three, what is your motivation? And this is the big one right here. It's what we talked about a while ago. If it's for the king and his kingdom to be glorified in it, Or is it for you just so you can have fat pockets or wallet or fame or recognition or approval? What is your motivation? Listen, if it doesn't draw you closer to God, it's not your calling. If it doesn't draw you closer to God, it's not your calling. And I might even venture to say and guarantee you to say that if it doesn't draw others closer to God, it's not your calling because it's never been about you and it's never been about me. It's always been about Jesus. And number four, is it bigger than you? When you share the thing that's in your heart that you're burning about, do you get, do you blush a little? No, then it's not big enough. Listen, we get to partner with a great architect of dreams. Yeah. So dream good. and dare to do something you're totally incapable of doing. Do something you're totally incapable of doing. Put it all on Jesus to qualify you. Put it all on him. Lord, if it's gonna happen, it's gotta be you. And he's like, awesome, it will be. Instead, we want to come in and we want to push our agenda and we want to be involved and we want to get our hands on it. God's like, would you just let me? See, my God takes great delight in equipping the unqualified. He loves to do that. But just like Moses, we argue with God. We many times know what our calling is. And then just like Moses... We start arguing with God. See, Moses had three arguments. The first thing that we do is we make it about us. Remember, Moses says this. He's like, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? You guys can look it up in the scriptures right there. Who am I, God? And God says, God says this. We say, who am I? God says, who do you say that I am? So we go, God, I'm, and he goes, I am. It is not about you. So the first argument we make is we make it about us. God, I'm incapable. Who am I? You remember how I was raised? I wasn't raised in church. I just just came to Jesus like last week. I still got sin in my life. I just got some things I'm working through. (laughs) Aren't aren't we all? Number two, we make it about the opinions of others. Moses answered. He said, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? What if they don't believe me that I said God showed up and spoke to me? What if they don't believe me? We make it about the opinions of others. And God said, well, hey, what's that in your hand? Right. It's a staff. He said, well, throw it down. He threw it down and it became a snake. He said, I'm going to empower you to show people that I spoke to you. Right. Stick your hand in your cloak. cloak. Try and figure a more better word. Jacket pull it out. What is it? Hands leprous. Put it back in there. Pull it out. Oh, it's clean. Sweet. (laughs) Make some money on this. (laughs) Right? So God empowers us. The third thing we do is we make it about our skills. Can I tell you today that calling and giftedness are two different things? I'm a gifted graphic designer. I'm gifted at it. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I have a talent there. That's not my calling. It empowers my calling. It helps me make money so I can do this. Raise my family. That's right. Moses says this to God in Exodus 4. He says, Lord, I've never been eloquent of speech. I can't, I can't talk. And God gets frustrated. He's like, listen. Would you quit making excuses and start making arrangements to obey me? And he's rebuking Moses. And he says, did I not make your tongue that you could speak? Who gives a man his voice? I provide that for you. He's like, listen, I'll give you your brother Aaron and he'll be the voice for you. And I'll tell you and you tell Aaron and Aaron will tell everybody else that you're worried about this. I will empower you. Listen, stop saying, I can't do what God has called me to do because I don't have the education, because I don't have the skill set, because I don't have the notoriety, because I'm not sharp enough or holy enough or anything else. Stop making excuses and start making arrangements just to obey God now, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's a 1% yes today. Start obeying what God has put on your heart. Moses actually says this. He says, Lord, send somebody else to do it. This is how insecure he was. Listen, God is not gonna call you to do something that you can do. Let me say that again. God is not gonna call you to do something that you can do. God is gonna call you to do something that he can do through you that he will be the one at the end of the day to get the glory and not you. That is my prayer every day. Lord, would it be in such a way that nobody can get glory except for you? See, God simply wants our yes. That's what he wants. And sometimes it's, a again, sometimes it's a 1% yes. Right? I mean, I don't know if there's anybody in the room that has 100% yes. I mean, when God called us to plant the church, I was like, there was no yes. It was just like, okay, I'll go along with the drag. Right, kind of stumbling. uh, Are you sure, Lord? But what I've learned is it's just smarter to go with him than resist him. Because he's gonna get me to where I need to be Am I gonna resist or am I gonna go with it? The only thing, listen, that will disqualify you from the will of God, there's only one thing, your no. Your failure to yield. It's the only thing that's gonna keep you on the side. So some of you, man, you just need to lay down your insecurities and just let your yes be bigger than your no. Just let your yes be bigger than your doubt then your fear, then your discouragement. Listen, God's calling on your life is inescapable and it's irrevocable. You can run from it. You can reject it and you can deny it, but you can never change it. God's calling doesn't change. Moses said, Lord, pick someone else. I don't want the calling. Let me tell you this. You can quit a job, but you can't quit a calling. You can't quit the calling because Romans eleven twenty nine says God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. It's irrevocable. You can't get out of the call of God. So he might've put it on you at a youth camp when you were 16 years old, or he might've put it on you in the last five minutes. The calling will never change. The only thing that will change is our ability to yield to it. Are we willing really our willingness to yield to it, not even our ability. 2 Corinthians 3. For we are confident of all this, for our great trust in God through Christ. It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of the new covenant. One translation says it this way. He has equipped us to be competent ministers of the new covenant. You're a minister of the new covenant. What does that look like? I don't want you to stress out about it. No. I don't want you to fast about it unless God just really tells you. I want you to yield to it because the chances are most of you already know what it is. I just can't quit thinking about this. Just got this dream on my heart. What's the reason behind it? That's so important. Listen, don't think, don't think it's worldly success, what the world would call success. Success in the kingdom is obedience to Jesus. Let me declare this over you. Success in the kingdom is, is obedience to Jesus. So you can do something that God called you to do and it never be be fruitful and you stand in heaven and God said you were successful. And people might not say that. So God's calling isn't based upon what other people would call success. When you look at your calling, don't look at it to be success measured by the way that men measure things.